Good morning. Today is Fear Not Friday. This is December the 30th, the, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And this is Daybreak Live with Scott, Lisa, and myself. <laughs> Well, all righty then. Good morning. Our so, kids have already taken off for work. They left out at 545. That's right. They got to get back early because we're having uh, a Christmas get together. Yeah, our family our family dinner was postponed because of uh, the weather. The bad weather, yeah. And so we're getting together this afternoon, so the kids had to head out like really. So we're going to sing an old song called uh, What a Day That Will Be. We're old folks. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. There's Oh, what a day, glory. 
praise the Lord. So let me show you guys. Hold on, sit here. Let me show you guys a picture of 36 years ago tomorrow. 36 yep, years ago this is tomorrow. Our last day is single units. Well, today was, but this is from tomorrow, 36 mm. years ago. Here we go. Boom. Look at those kids. Mm. Yeah, I might have robbed the cradle a little. Robbed the cradle? <laughs> yes, I'm a little younger than Grace her. Not much, so. Two years. Oh, my goodness. What about that? Oh, I think that's about seven in man years, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dog years. All right, praise God. Uh some of you guys have been sending happy anniversary to us. Thank you for that. We do appreciate that. We'll jump in the scripture. Now, I entitled this Satan's Binding or the Binding of Satan, Satan Bound, the Scriptures that Changed My Theology. And uh, we will talk about that. So we have finally come to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. And I'm going to read the first three verses and then we'll talk a little bit. Uh, the first three verses. Revelation chapter 20. If you're ready for Bible study, let me get over here on chat. I hadn't even looked up chat here. Boom. Oh, thank you, Larry. Don't look a day older than what, Brother Frank? What? <laughs> Don't look a day older than what? <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's jump in here. We are in Revelation 20. It says, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a short while. All right. So, Revelation 19, we've just come out of chapter 19, and, and guys, we, we saw that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords returns on a white horse, correct? with a multitude on white horses with him, dressed in fine linen, clean and white. And we had also read in Revelation chapter 19 that the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And when we get to chapter 20, before, well, in verse 20 of chapter 19, it says that the beast was taken and with him the false prophet. The beast was taken and with him the false prophet. And these were cast alive. So now I'm reading in 19 verse 20. The beast was captured with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived all those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. These two the beast and the false prophet were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, I would like for you to go back here in chapter 20 and skip all the way down to verse 10. 
after the thousand years were finished. And there's a reason for this. I want to share with you how my theology changed uh, when I was while I was studying. Uh, and so when you get in chapter 20 and you get down to verse 10, it says, now this is after the thousand years were finished. It says, the devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So this is the set of scriptures or the realization that changed my theology when I was younger. And here's how it goes in my mind. I realized I saw that at the return of the Lord and the return of the Lord is Armageddon, by the way. This is the battle of Armageddon. This is after the seals have been opened, after the trumpets have been blown, after the bowls of wrath have been poured out. Seventh trumpet has been blown. The proclamation that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. Then I saw the Lord returning and slaying the beast, the false prophet, are killed, and these two were cast into the bottomless pit. I mean, lake of fire, not the bottomless pit. Satan was captured and put into the bottomless pit, two separate places. Then in Revelation chapter 20, when we read about the thousand-year period, then it says, when the thousand years was finished, all this happens. Then the devil is taken after the thousand years, and he is placed into the lake of fire, and it says where the beast and false prophet are. Now, when I saw this for the first time, it really shook me up. Now, why? Why did it shake me up? Now, and one of the reasons is if things keep going like they have been going, this Bible study will turn into a book uh, if the Lord is willing and it keeps happening. But I want to be sure that this is in here in this portion of the study. I was raised, uh, when I was really filled with the Spirit, and especially when I was called to preach, I was under all-millennial doctrine. I was an all-millennialist. Why was I an all-millennialist? Because my pastor was all-millennial. And the reality, I've shared with the, this with you over and over and over, but the reality is, unless you have studied things out yourself to the point where you can have your own opinion, what we do is we adopt the opinion of the people we trust. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's what we do. So if you're under a, whatever your pastor is, when you really come to the Lord, or those who are close to you are, most of the times that's what you're going to be. Or the denomination you're in, if they have a a, a statement of faith that, that makes a statement on the millennial reign and you're part of that denomination, generally speaking, that's what you adopt because that's what your people hold to. Well, the thing is, is I was raised in a denomination that actually had differing, differing views. So I, there were pastors in the denomination I was raised up. There were amillennialist pastors. There were postmillennial pastors. There were premillennial pastors. But I was mostly under all-millennial teaching. And so that's, so as a young preacher, I was an all-millennial preacher. So you spiritualized 
Always. Yeah. So let, so right. so in case you wonder, okay, what does that mean? Well, let's deal with the three uh, because you need to know these, okay? We have done it before, and I will try to do it briefly. So, post-millennial means Jesus returns after the millennial reign. And what it basically means is that there is coming a golden age where Christian ethics will prosper greatly and take over the world. All positions see chapter 20 as describing Christ ruling with his church. Christ and the saints ruling over the world. All positions believe that. But in the post-millennial view, this, and nobody knew when it was coming, and a post-millennial person right now would still say it's future. They would believe that a time is coming when there's this golden age going to ha happen, and some now would believe science is going to prove because of science and discoveries, there's going to be a proving that there is that God is real and that basically the whole world is going to come under Christian ethics and believe in the God of Scripture and the church and the church ethics will rule the world. Now, there's been great uh, theologians that were proponents of this. One of the greatest probably, uh, you've heard his name, you probably don't know that much about him. His name was Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Edwards. And his works are studied at college level in seminaries. So it's not like he wasn't a smart guy, but that's what he believed. He was very smart. So I'm a I'm much smaller mind than that. And who am I to say, I don't believe that? But I don't believe that. I don't believe that is, that's, that's held less now. That's, that's a, a least, that's probably the least favored view now is what you call post-millennial. But there are post-millennials out there. Now, uh, matter of fact, he started changing, though, after the Great Awakening. He was part of the Great Awakening. And anyway, all millennial, what I was raised under, basically means this. Okay? I hope I'm not confusing you. Ah means no. So the prefixes to the millennial means it's all about chapter 20 in Revelation. It's all about the thousand years. And it's like, do you believe Jesus is coming before the thousand years? After the thousand years, that's post-millennial. Premillennial would be before the thousand years. Amillennial means there's no real thousand years. This is spiritual. And here's how it, here's how it goes. Jesus' first coming inaugurates, inaugurated the kingdom on the earth. His second coming will be the consummation of the kingdom. The thousand-year reigns is just a, the thousand years is a spiritual term that just simply means the period, what we would call the church age, from the time of the cross until the return of the Lord is how, how it is seen. Okay? Okay. So then Satan's binding took place at the cross. So there's a little portion of this. You, you may not have noticed, but it's at least what I think they're alluding to. If you've seen that, you know, the Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end when it's finished and that tear drops and what happens to Satan, it's like you see him like bound up. He's in this dungeon kind of place and screaming. 
I think that's what they were alluding to, that Satan is bound. And this this was a very popular doctrine. Uh, from, it's been a popular doctrine from most, very much of the church age. Mm -hmm. uh, still is a very popular doctrine, to tell you the truth. And it's basically that Christ rules through his church and he's ruling and reigning now. You say, well, okay, I kind of get that. Maybe some of you are watching this. You say, well, that's what I believe. Well, it's okay. I'm not criticizing your beliefs, okay? And there are good Christians that believe all these things. These are things we can disagree on, and we're still Christians, okay? We're still saved. It don't mean you're not saved, okay? It's different opinions on how the end takes place. But when I saw this, here's what I mean. If Okay, if the cross, if when Jesus went to the cross, Satan is bound. And here's how I was taught it. Satan is chained up in the bottomless pit and he can deceive the nations no more. And then I was told, I said, but pastor, it says he can't deceive the nations. It's, well, he's on a chain. You know, it doesn't mean he can't do anything, but there's just a limit to what he can do. And I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. Now, like I said, I was a, I, actually I preached all millennial views. That's what I preached as a young pastor, brother. That's how I started. But now let's add some things, just things that we have that we saw here. Okay. So seals have been opened. Trumpets have been blown. Vials have been poured out, right? Two witnesses have already been there. All of this has taken place, okay? Jesus has returned at the Battle of Armageddon. You said, well, the Battle of Armageddon was spiritual, okay? The Antichrist was thrown into the lake of fire when, Je when Jesus went to the cross? The false prophet that deceived the nations was thrown in the lake of fire when Jesus went to the cross? Satan then is bound in the bottomless pit? Let me just give you two scriptures that's, that should give you pause. One, 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, be vigilant, why? Because your adversary, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. This 1 Peter 5, 8, the Apostle Peter says, this is after the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And Peter says, look, Satan is roaming, seeking to devour. Let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians 4. 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. If our gospel be hid, veiled, it is veiled or hidden unto them who are lost, listen to this, in whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds. That means they've been deceived. Amen? Amen. That's exactly what it means, that the devil has deceived them. So the devil couldn't is locked up, and here is the here here's what it says. Now there's four names given to him in verse two, Revelation twenty verse two. He laid hold of the dragon. Okay, that's what we know him from Revelation, right? Mm -hmm. That old serpent that connects him with Genesis, chapter two. Who is the devil and Satan? Four titles for the art enemy of the Lord. Four titles for the devil, Satan, the dragon. So 
He's wanting to make sure you know exactly who he's talking about. And it says he bound him for a thousand years. Now there is going to be six times this says a thousand years. Six times in this one section. And so, like I said, amillennial says there's no real thousand years. Postmillennial says, well, there's this golden age coming in the future, and then Jesus will return after that. Premillennial, all premillennial really says is we're just taking it like it says it. We're just taking it like it says it. Jesus comes, he destroys the enemies uh, at the Battle of Armageddon. He throws the Antichrist and the false prophet into the into the uh, lake of fire, and then he binds up Satan for a thousand years. And what does this binding mean of Satan? This is very important. This binding of Satan means he can deceive the nations no more. Not that he doesn't just, he can't deceive Israel. He can't deceive anybody. The nations, plural. The goyim. He can't deceive anybody for a period of time which will usher in a golden age. I agree to that. So our time is up here and we will talk next week. I want you to see that this also is prophesied. Do you know, did you know that Isaiah talked about a time? Isaiah in the Old Testament, in the old book, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 65, prophesies about a time when people will fulfill their days. That babies won't die young. Matter of fact, it says the child will die 100 years old. Do you know that Isaiah prophesied a time where life is going to be extended? That the very nature of animals is going to change? That lions will eat straw like the ox does. The animals won't harm anybody during this period of time. Did you know that? Look at Isaiah 65. Now, just in case, I wanted to give just a minute or two if you had anything you wanted to say. I'm, I'm just going along with this study. Amen. I agree with everything you said so far. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, long as scripture says it. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's the point. Scripture, scripture says this, and so, you know, when we get to verse 4, I saw thrones and they that sat on them and judgment was given unto them. That they're going to reign with Christ. Who do you think these people are? So we will take this up next week. We will, we will be right here again. If you have questions and thoughts, and, and like I said, this is an area where Christians, followers of the Lord, can agree to disagree because uh, I... I heard one preacher preach one time. He said, well, I used to be this, and then I switched to this. And then he said, now I'm pan-millennial. Like, what does that mean? He said, well, it's going to pan out in the end. <laughs> Whenever the Lord returns, whatever he wants to do is going to be fine. And I agree with that. But this is a magnificent thing. So I want to encourage you, if you would like this weekend to read something, you can read Isaiah 65, verses 17 through the rest of the chapter, and look at the picture that that paints for you. Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. Thank you for being here this morning. Love you guys. And uh, 
I am one who just believes. I have come to say, you know what? I think it's the safest to just say, I'm going to believe the scripture just like it says it. <laughs> and if Jesus meant something else by it, when he gets back, he'll, he'll straighten us out. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here. I am glad that you are here and I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Be safe out there. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is the last day break of 22. We'll see you next year, guys. Yeah, I won't see you again. You won't see me again until next year, I guess, right? Yeah. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Laura. Happy New Year, Miss Peggy. Happy New Year, Bob. Love you guys. Yes, Happy New Year. Diane, all of you. Let's say the Lord's Prayer for the final daybreak day of 22. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. You ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Thank you so much. Did you have something? Donna May also has a birthday on New Year's. What? Donna May, happy birthday. Cheryl Poole has a birthday, too. Cheryl Poole, if you happen to be listening to this, I don't know when you'll listen to this. I don't think you listen live, but I think you listen later. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.